0: Buy and store at all major retailers. This week's episode is brought to you by our beautiful friends at Coinspot, Australia's home base for cryptocurrency. It's the easiest place to buy, sell, and store your Bitcoin and over 350 other currencies. Sign up to Coinspot and use the code DILL123 to receive $10 of Bitcoin when you make your first deposit. There is no minimum deposit. And join 2.5 million other customers on Coinspot today. That's coinspot.com.au, DILL123. Three. Let's go. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week on the show, an episode I have been working on for a long, long time and finally wrapped ecstatic and pumped to get this one out. I love this guy. I love everything about him. He's just a go-getter. He's doing so many good things on and off the field. It's Ryan Pappenhausen. For those who don't know much about rugby league like me, I didn't know a lot about this, but it doesn't take you to even know anything about the sport to know how good this guy is. He's he's 23 years old, which to be honest, until I just looked it up then, I had no idea. I didn't realize how young he was. And he's an absolute star of the competition. He's winning the M which is pretty much the equivalent. Well, it is the equivalent of the Brownlow medal in the AFL. And they actually have the live tally of that halfway through the season, which I actually found out throughout the show as well. But yeah, love this chat. This guy's an absolute star. Love everything about him. Love his mindset. Um, he's been through a fair bit. He's had some, you know, concussion problems, and um, and really battled his way through that. But he's come out the other side, and, and he's just doing awesome stuff. He's taken over that fullback position from Billy Slater, who's been a massive, massive mentor for him in the game, and the way he speaks about Billy Slater and their relationship is pretty incredible. Worked obviously with Craig Bellamy and everyone else at the Storm. That's just you know doing awesome stuff. It's really funny for those that are listening in Victoria. Um, I know that like rugby league isn't big here as it is like all over Australia, but. We have such an awesome team that's, you know, on our front doorstep, and a lot of us might not even know too much about it. Look, I'm not speaking for everyone, but I know I didn't know too much about it. But after this episode, I'm definitely keen to jump on the storm bandwagon. You know that. But yeah, love this chat. Spoke about his journey into NRL and how he's become such a dominant player. Spoke about everything he's doing off field, which is genuinely, genuinely impressive. I just love go getters. Love when they're doing super um, exciting things off the field, and and perhaps is exactly doing that sort of stuff. He's playing golf, an absolute shitload of golf, which I love. He's really into his cryptocurrency and really, really dominating that space. He's got a business with a few others called Dead Diamond Society, The way they just sold some um, NFTs, which is just super impressive. Um, he's got his own vitamin drink. He's doing so many cool things. So, yeah, love this chat with him. Cannot wait for you to listen to it, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Do not forget, if you enjoy this episode, if you love it, make sure you give the podcast a follow. It helps the show so much, and even... Subscribe, follow on whatever platform you listen to, Apple, Spotify, and everything else in between. Love you all. Hilly XX five stars.
1: Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friends. So, if you're going to embarrass yourself, and I was like, bro, do you want me to do all seven versus? Get arrogant. Didn't know all yeah. seven. <laughs> I've been in a bad team for 10 years, and we got a chance to do something pretty special this year. All you can do is put your hand up and say you're wrong. Banter is a way that guys connect, it's a way that we can kind of play it safe with someone until we get to know them. I try to fix people sometimes. I'm like, Dan, stop doing that. Just listen. And you stack on top of that the habit of not taking your phone when you take your dog. It's easy.
0: They had no other way to get out of the cave, and we either turn our backs on them, in which case they're going to die. Or we give this crazy idea a go.
1: Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Ryan Babbitthausen, welcome, my friend. Thanks. It's, it's an honour to be on. Actually, it is. It's, uh, yeah. Long time listener, first time on. So love it. Have it's you actually me. been a listener? I've been a listener. Yeah. How did you find the show? Uh, probably just through just trying to find things that I like and. Yeah. Uh, Got a few good guests on, and um, thought I'd listen to it, and then sort of just become like a weekly thing. And wow, there you go, mate. That's unbelievable. That means a lot. <laughs> um, what
0: episodes have you listened to? Like your um, favorite my favourite would be Emma Murray. I reckon, yeah, for mate, sure. She's the best. She was
1: unbelievable. Um, and I was going through sort of that time there as well, where I was um, sort of find, trying to find a podcast like it, and um, yeah, everything she sort speaks about. And um, after playing golf with a few of the Richmond boys too, she's obviously there helping them out and. Um, they'd said a few things before so yeah, it was an easy listen and um yeah, you can use it in all aspects of life so oh mate she's yeah. the,
0: she's the best she's honestly my favorite favorite person on the show and like i say it, i might say it's a bit but i say it sort of selfishly like i love getting her on to like have her on the show but i love just having her on to just talk to her yeah like, i feel like it's like a one-on-one like session just by <laughs> herself so i forget we're even recording
1: yeah pick her brain yeah no that was, that was a really good listen so it's probably that's probably my top
0: you're ready everywhere you're doing everything I love it. I love go-getters. I love people that do shit and just try shit and you everywhere. You're obviously dominating for the storm. Can't wait to hear a lot about that story. You're playing golf, you've got a crypto Dead Diamond Society business, you've got a like a Gatorade type drink <laughs> going. I don't know, there's a lot of other things going but I can't
1: wait to unpack it all today. How do you find the time? Yeah, that's the thing really. it's um, There's a lot going on, but um, I like being busy and um, there's a few different things and Um, I don't really have time to be honest I'll finish footy and uh, if there's still daylight I'll head out to the golf course and and if not I'll head into we've got an office in South Melbourne and um, just do some work there so I really only go home to sleep but um, (laughs) it's not a good thing because I'm also ordering food all the time and it gets pretty expensive but um, yeah I've always been a big believer in having a life after footy and Mm. um, mum and dad sort of instilled that into me when I was a kid and um, now we're just really lucky to have that opportunity that we can sort of network and, and be in positions where we can do other things and um, where we have time to do other things. So that's sort of how I look at it. Mate,
0: it's really admirable because I think when I was playing sport, like I probably got forced to do that and like network because I knew it was, you know, time was sort of ending. And sometimes you see a lot of players like when you're as good as you are and when you're, you know, actually a dominant player in the game, it's really hard to focus on other shit because you got so much going on at the time. Like actually being at the top of your game as well, like finding the balance. So yeah. it's weird that you've been able to sort of not weird, but it's it's awesome that
1: you've been able to do both. Yeah, it's 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 quite <laughs> it's a bit of a catch twenty two because like I I find I play my best footy when I'm got other things to do outside of footy. Yeah, um, and then when I actually rock up on the day or or rock up to training and we have to sit down and do two three hours of video, I'm concentrated for that two three hours. Whereas um, there'd be some other guys in the league that go home and just think about footy and just review their games but i feel like i do my best work when i'm present at training and, and present at the game and um yeah i can sort of fill my mind with other things when i'm off the field
0: yeah it's interesting super interesting it's it's, it's I, I don't think there's many people like it to be honest so it's very um very <laughs> exciting let's um talk your story now obviously i'm from melbourne you're playing for the melbourne storm you're a sydney boy league isn't the biggest game in melbourne or in victoria do you like that
1: yeah I think so and it's probably what we sort of pride ourselves on as a yeah. club really is the guys that first come down here in 98 um would probably get laughed at uh, rugby league coming to a town it's predominantly footy um and I think that's sort of what we sort of have a bit of a pride about now is although it's it's still not recognized as the number one game in Melbourne I've just figured out Victorians just love successful sporting teams yeah. and you just want to buy into that and And train hard, and you're just motivated for that through that sort of thing. So, although it's not a rugby league town, um, it still gets a lot of respect, and um, we still get plenty of people at our home games, which is cool. But the big thing is probably the media side of things. You're not getting hassled for walking down the street, Mm. or I think people are just used to having sports people around Melbourne, so it's not like you get hassled or um, anything like that. So it's all it's good that you're low key and you're away from everything. But um, there's also that sort of I guess bit of pressure that you, (laughs) you sort of got to. Be a good footy side; otherwise, um, they'll be pretty easy to jump off.
0: Love it. I love what you said about um, Melbourne being supportive. I think we're just very good at bandwagons. Like we're <laughs> very, very strong at bandwagons <laughs> in this state. I tell you now, it's it's very strong. Especially you see the demons going well at the moment. Um, league though, your journey. I'd love to go into it because there's so many different things that I'm sure a lot of people are aware of. But even today, like when we're sort of planning for this episode, and like the contrast between your journey going to the league and like a young guy going to AFL, it's so different, yeah, like 100%. league. There's no drafts, there's no, um, you know, like draft camps. It's it's so different, like you can actually sign with teams and get into different spots. And it's such a country like place to actually work. Talk us through your story firstly of how you actually ended up at, at the Storm.
1: Yeah, it's, it is quite different. But um, yeah, so I sort of started out like any other kid, um, just played rugby league growing up and uh, <clears throat> loved it. Played sort of every Saturday, went into high school, um my high school was a rugby union school so that changed to Saturday had to find a league team that played on Sundays and I did both through that um then sort of went through that pathway um enjoyed my footy got picked in a few rep teams um and then that's sort of where I landed at the West Tigers in Sydney and that was sort of my first exposure to a semi-professional environment and um and is that on the list like yeah so I was in the under 20s so yep. it would sort of be yeah like you're not on the list but you're Yep. sort of just under it and um, sort of just I guess it'd be like the TAC Cup I don't know what they call it yep. now but um, yeah sort of the equivalent to the 18s and um, yeah, you try to play footy there and um, I guess for the for the AFL it's you're sort of playing to be picked in the draft whereas league is sort of just playing to be picked up by the time your yeah, contract finishes so yep. I would have signed with the Tigers when I was 15 or 16 for two or three years um, and then so at the end of that Contract. um, That's when the storm approached me. So, how league contracts work: are twelve months out from when your contract finishes, you can start. Actually, you can sign with another club, which that's so weird, which is strange, really strange. But that's sort of what happened. And um, I had a few injuries through twenties, so there was only really probably West Tigers and Storm that offered a contract. Um, Storm offered something, Tigers matched it. Yep. Um, And Storm are renowned for making really average plays into pretty regular first graders and um, that was sort of the appeal Um, the appeal was Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Craig Bellamy all those big names they were the attractions to me and um, I just I I really wanted to play footy I didn't know if I'd ever play NRL but I thought if I was to it'd probably be the best decision to go down there and um, yeah with mum and dad's blessing they sort of sent me off and um, yeah sort of said we believe in the system down there, and we really think you can you can crack it. And if you really want to do it, then then jump and and take that take that leap. And um, so it's funny, like it wasn't a draft, it wasn't anything like that. I just come off contract and yeah. Storm signed me, and um, yeah, come down here to to do a preseason. And um, yeah, I didn't know what I was coming into, but yeah, it's it's quite strange because like I look at if they were to pick a draft when I was eighteen. I'm not first round. I'm not second round. I'm, You know what I mean? I, I'd probably yeah. get overlooked. <clears throat> Whereas like I got thrown, I got people obviously seen something in me and bought me into a good system where I could thrive. And um, yeah, here I am today. So I'm really fortunate for that. But um, yeah, I don't know what I would have done if it was a draft, I probably wouldn't have been picked. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about it like that. There are actually is pros and
0: cons of both. Like I thought like a draft is always good because it's even for the competition and it gives like players a chance. But you're right, like sometimes if you haven't had a good, you know, under 18 year or under 20 year and you don't get the chance to actually go into a club and play and go into a good system, you don't really perform and you don't, do it because it's the opposite yeah. some top 10 picks can't cut it once they actually get onto the list
1: yeah and it's like i look back and sort of the guns around my age when i was sort of 18 19 there's probably a few that played first grade when they turned 18 or turned 19 mm. but out of the top 10 there's probably only three wow so um yeah it's, it's quite crazy to look back on but uh, at the same time it's yeah there's a really good system down here at the storm and um yeah they sort of just prove time after time that they can um yeah, really change, change players and, and make you into regular first graders and uh, I mean I'm just, just grateful I sort of made that move and, and chose to move down here.
0: That's awesome now the league um, obviously this is going to league supporters will be cringing me saying this but to give context in this you're leading the M at the moment which is super exciting in itself that's a conversation that I want to get into because it's again very different to the Brownlow and how that gets you know like shown throughout the year but to go from a player that you're saying probably wouldn't have got picked up in a draft moving to the Storm and becoming winning the M, like it's pretty unreal isn't it like when you think about it
1: yeah it's it's obviously nice to be leading that at the moment but um i think the whole journey's probably been a bit of a crazy one in terms of my first year down here i knew i was probably wasn't going to get a go i was probably the fourth string fullback um is it behind billy slater billy slater yeah. jerome hughes which is now our halfback and scott drinkwater who's um moved clubs now but i was sort of sitting behind them and um just training hard and We'd travel up to Queensland every week and, and play footy. Our, our reserve grade side was up in Queensland. And so we'd do that for the first year, um, come back. And then it wasn't till 2019, um, one of the boys went down with an injury in the pre-season. I think Billy Slater retired. One of the boys went down with an injury in pre-season. Um, and then I think there was another injury. So I got an opportunity and um, got to play maybe half a trial. and. Loved it, frothed it, thought I, was like, thought I was a man. Got to put a Storm jersey on, was stoked at that moment. This wasn't my first game though. This was like a trial, so it doesn't really count. Um, and then it wasn't until round four or five that I actually got an opportunity off the bench. So for those who probably don't know rugby league, but um, very foreign position, um, it'd be probably sort of going up playing in the midfield and then them just sticking you down back um, and just going try your best. Um, So that's sort of what I was doing my first few games of my career. And um, when I talk about a really good system, this is just sort of an example of it. They gave you just three really simple things to focus on during a game. And if you did that, you'd be picked each week. Mm. So I had a really simple plan going into a game and that was play tough, um, be involved and uh, just limit your errors. So I went into a game just thinking that. And um, funnily enough, a couple of weeks later, the guy who was playing fullback after the injury, after the other injured bloke got injured. So I got a start in that position and um, <laughs> it was crazy. It was like my breakout game, one or two games in at that position. And um, I just thought like all that sort of work you've done beforehand and learning behind all these guys. And now I've got this opportunity to play fullback and um, fast forward to this year where I've played nearly 70 NRL games. Uh, now it doesn't sound like a lot, but um, that's sort of where I'm at and um, they've sort of got that position locked down at the moment, I think. But um, it's pretty crazy to look at the last two years and sort of the steps it's taken and um, yeah, sort of what we've been able to do. Yeah, it's
0: like, I, I can't say, I know, I know you sort of played off cool, but to think like to come in as a young kid and feel that position as fullback when, you know, even I know who Billy Slater is and, you know, Cooper Cronk and these sort of guys that have been, you know, the, at, at the storm. How... Was it as easy as that, or was it there? Was there parts where like you actually self-doubting that you'd be able to sort of fill in in that shoe, or did they make it pretty easy yeah, for you?
1: Not at all. Hey, yeah, like, that's yeah. probably that's probably the most common question asked yeah. is well, asked when I was sort of going to play it was how are you going to fill those shoes, and mm. I was like, he, Billy pretty much fills them for me. He gives me everything he learned. Like he still comes into this day and tells me what he's looking for. He'll watch games and give me feedback, and like he there was nothing he was protecting. It was nearly like. He was daring me to go be better than him. Like that was the sort of vibe that I was getting from him, and um, there was no pressure. It was, it was. He reassured me, "You just do you. Um, you're obviously good enough to make this footy side, and and the coach has picked you for a reason. So, like, go out and play your footy. You don't have to be me. You don't have to do this. Right. But here's all this information that might help. So that was sort of my exposure to playing first grade, and um, I was just really lucky that we're in a. I was in a really good side. Um, storm have been sort of up there for a few years now and um always been successful and I think that what they do really well is just everyone buys in the whole team buys in and um the guy who comes into the system just does your job and if you do your job you'll, you'll stay you keep your spot in your team every week so um I think I was it's it's all very lucky that I sort of got to the storm and then once I had that opportunity um yeah, I had all the resources to help me out mm. and I um, mean yeah, I felt really comfortable from the get-go. Quick break in today's podcast to tell you a little bit more about my good, good
0: friends at CoinSpot. I love these guys. Honestly, I'm on CoinSpot, I'm on the platform, and I absolutely love it. It's so easy to use, especially for beginners looking to get into cryptocurrency. You can buy, sell, and swap over 250 other digital currencies on the platform. It's been a lifesaver for me and I'm absolutely loving, loving it. CoinSpot is Australia's home base for cryptocurrency. It's the easiest place to buy, sell, and store your Bitcoin. And as I said, there is over 350 other currencies online. It's so easy to sign up, and when you do, I have a little gift for you today. Use the code DIL123 and receive ten dollars of Bitcoin when you make your first deposit. There is no minimum deposit, and you can join myself and 2.5 million other customers on Coinspot today. The link will also be in the show notes. Let's go! Super crazy, man. Like you think of, uh, you know, in any sport, the older maybe veteran that's there and you have those like young players that are coming often you know it's not treated like that like there's and i'm sure a lot of clubs it's it's the same thing you know they don't nearly want to have their spot challenged but to have someone like billy slater it's not surprising like i've never heard that before but it's it's not surprising really like that he was doing that it's pretty cool
1: yeah it's and i think that's sort of because those guys first come to the club when it started and um they only want success for the club too they know that um melbourne's an AFL town and um, they want to be successful. They want to see their team be successful and they put in all this hard work to be on the map and to be recognized. And um, yeah, I just, I think they just don't want it to see that go down. So they're always in helping and um, we've, we've got a really strong connection to our old boys and a lot of the old boys come back and say the same thing um, that when they went to another club, they immediately wanted to come back. They missed the storm, wow. they missed the culture, they missed um, how the young guys were treated they missed they missed everything about that and i think being a young guy sitting in those seats listening to them sort of hear that when it comes to negotiation time with me re-signing i'm like like i want to stay here like this yeah. is this is this is a grass. this is what i love and um, i'm able to play my best footy here so it's a pretty special club
0: it's awesome we've heard so much about um one person especially in league like craig bellamy you, like I hear about him all the time, and just so revered as like a coach, and not just league, but in in general, what's he like, and what's he been like for you?
1: Yeah, he's he's certainly changed. Sort of when I first got there, um, <laughs> it's funny. Is you obviously see all the uh, the blow-ups he has in the box, and um, the w- sort of way he goes about things. But uh, I think the last few years have been quite refreshing because you see his you see his grandkids come in, and mm. uh, <clears throat> when you sort of see that side of him, you sort of understand that he's just passionate about what he does and um he holds really high standards but i think a story that really reflects bells is just um when he first got to the club he ran the tan with the boys he'd win the tan versus all the boys and and to this day he's the first one in the gym so Mm. you get there at six in the morning he's in the gym lifting weights he probably shouldn't be lifting he's getting old now (laughs) but he's grinding he's lifting weights um at six in the morning and then when you leave at five in the afternoon he's in his office cutting videos and so it's sort of that whole thing around first one there, last to leave. And if your coach is working that hard, then you have no excuse. Mm. And I think that's just Craig. Um, he, he, like I said, he has really high standards, uh, doesn't ask too much of you. Um, he's really big about effort. And if you you don't put in effort, you're not going to last long. But um, yeah, that's that's sort of his mantra. If you're not going to give something 100%, then why are you doing it? Love it. It's, I suppose that would tie
0: into another world famous thing that we hear about at Storm is these pre-season camps.
1: <laughs> what are they called? Is it the... Uh, I Don't Quit Camp. I
0: Don't Quit Camp. That fucking gives me
1: anxiety <laughs> thinking about it. What, what takes place uh, on these camps? Yeah, so uh, not a lot of sleep, a lot of physical activity and uh, borderline borderline abuse, I'd call it. <laughs> it's uh it's it's not a fun trip but one that once again like everyone at the storm's done it so there's always that story even when the old boys come back you're telling yarns about like what went on at your idq camp and the whole thing is like it's just three grueling days of no sleep yeah food's limited Mm. yeah walking x amount of kilometers a day and um yeah the instructors pretty much just give it to you you do something positive they'll just find something negative and just try try really get into you and i think the whole concept around it is when you're at your most fatigued your true character comes out um and that's oh, sort man. of what craig's really big on and, and that's why he's continued it since he's been here but um yeah just three three massive days of um yeah no sleep and you sort of just got to, you're in your little teams and you got this bar to carry and just everything you can think of packed into three days but um it sort of gets really tough between the last couple you sort of know that the end's nearing, but because you haven't slept and doing these activities by the last night, yeah, like we do this thing called, um, oh, what do you do? It's like you stand out in the bush for, it's the last thing you do, like six hours. They don't, you don't know the time. You actually don't know the time. They don't give you a watch. No, they mess with the bus times, So like when you're trying to get transported to different places, you don't know what's going on. So I'll just say, when it started going dark, they put these glow sticks on your bag and they go, all right, you walk around this guy's farm don't talk, no running, just pure walk, sweet, easy. You're walking, you count a like 30 second lap, you just keep going around and like, when's this thing gonna end? So you count counting, you're and counting, counting, goes full dark and then they go, all right boys, bring it in, um, have a bottle of water, um, here's your up and go, hop on the bus, you, we're taking you somewhere. So you get on the bus, look at the time. <laughs> I'm guessing like maybe nine, ten 10 o'clock. Like, it's dark, it's been dark for a few hours. On the bus, they drop you off. They go, all right, follow us. So there's about 12 of us. You follow this instructor in one line. Every two, 300 meters, he drops one person off and goes, all right, stand here. If you see someone, if you see a dog, if you see a wild animal, scream, halt, who goes there? That's the only information you're given. Don't fall asleep. Um, don't sit down. You have to stand. they only instructions. Go, go, go. I think I was maybe the 10th dropped off. Um, and you hear all these stories about, like the year before how this is this what you're going to do this is the big one like this is the big test like this is strap yourself in for this so the whole thing is you stand there overnight until the sun rises (laughs) on guard after two days no sleep so you're just standing there like you like said halt who goes there after two days of no sleep you forget what word he told you to say so like we're standing there in the middle of the night and like we'll see an instructor walk past and because you're awake and you've got to say something like you're screaming like halt uh, and like don't know what to say. So they just get in you, they'd rip into you. I reckon there was probably two or three times I asked what I need to say. And it wasn't until like a year later when the new boys went that I remembered what it was. So you stand in the dark, it was raining, it was pouring. um, We had our ponchos on and because you're so on edge and like me personally, I'm a pretty like, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm sort of straighty 180 and (laughs) like, like they really switched on here and like every pitter patter of rain I would scream something out because I thought it was an instructor walking past I was like paranoid and um, probably towards the end of it was like I'd never experienced anything like it like I actually started hallucinating wow um, like balls like there was a there's a tree in front of me uh looked like a clown juggling balls and I'll never forget it because <laughs> I thought it was a clown juggling balls and I was just staring at this thing next minute Thunderstruck and like you know when it like thunder's really bright that just lights up the whole sky? Yeah. That's when I realised it wasn't a clown juggling balls. I was like, I'm standing in the bush again, like get your head on, like get like get fixed, (laughs) what's going on? And then it wasn't until maybe half hour after that that standing up again, starts raining again, and I just remember like bang, I just hit the deck. So I'd fallen asleep standing Standing up. up. So that's how fatigued I was, but like there were guys who had it probably worse off than me, but that's like the last big test um, <laughs> from that. So I remember once they come and collect us in the morning, like they tell you you did a good job. That's probably the only rap they give you. Yeah. Um, but we went from there onto a bus and you pretty much go back to Amy Park where we first started. And um, this is probably what highlights it all. So we go to an army camp on the way back home to do like a little course through mud and all those sort of things. And I remember getting on the bus from there to this, um, course we we're going to and, um, gee, would have probably been felt like a 15 minute car trip. Um, and I remember getting off and we got strapped and, um, had to get our feet strapped again cause it was wet and everything like that. And I remember just turning to Harry Grant who was next to me and I go, oh, like how hard was that? He goes, yeah, like standing out in the bush for like 60 hours and all this sort of stuff. I was like, no, no, no. Like what we just did then, like we moved the log off the road. He goes, what are you on about? I go like we just moved a log off the road like before we got here he goes no we didn't so I must have fallen asleep on the bus on the way there turned out to be like an hour and a half trip but I thought it was a 15 minute trip and you didn't get off no nah, I didn't get off the bus the bus didn't stop but like it literally felt like 15 minutes I had a dream that we moved a log off the oh, road you had a... I had a micro sleep on the bus oh my god and it took an hour and a half to get to the next place to do this other thing. And I thought it was 15 minutes. Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> no. So, you were just... Abs- oh, I thought you fell asleep while they were moving the log. No, you, it you didn't really, happen. It yeah. didn't
1: happen. Like, so, that's that's sort of where you're I was using all sorts. I was cooked. I'd probably slept for another three, four days after do that. You, do you actually look back... Because I look back on... I've never
0: done a camp that, you know, extreme. But do you look back and actually you enjoy it and you, you learn a lot from it. Like-
1: oh, I'd, I wouldn't want to do it again, but it's something that I've done now. I'm like... I feel like I'm a part of the storm because I've done yeah, this, and everyone else has done it. Yeah, there's probably, there's, th- I really like you'd really test yourself out. Like I don't, I doubt I'll ever be in that situation again. But mm. I'm really proud that I did it, and um, yeah, it's it's a story to tell, and um, that like none of that is a lie. That's pure truth and pure what I went through, and um, that's probably only one tenth of the stories that you could probably tell from that camp. Fucking, hell. <laughs> um, I think
0: that every probably person that's in elite sport gets to that stage um, of when you're so tired, and when you're so in so much pain, and you're doing like any activity, you get to a stage where you're actually in so much pain that you can't go in any more pain. No. So it's sort of like you
1: just you can just sort of like stay there; it doesn't get any worse. It was the first time I reckon I've lost like literally lost my head and like could not control it. But, yeah, yeah, It is nailed on the head. Like when you when you sort of get into the nitty gritty of sport nothing quite compares to what you did at that camp so it just makes
0: everything a bit easier yeah no i didn't (laughs) go on that camp so i can't um can't really talk there but that sounds fucking full on um this year mate talking about your game in itself you're like and i don't hope you don't mind me saying this but you're how tall are you 180 181 183
1: no, let's say one eighty two. One eighty two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I short the kings, under six foot club. Yeah, I'll tell that. Yeah. Short kings like to know. It's, it's
0: very. We get pedantic on our height. But you're for a league player, like a smaller guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd probably be one of the smallest. Yeah, probably top three smallest. Yeah, top three smallest. Yeah. Do you
0: do you have to do similar training, or are you more focusing on like your role of fullback, like actually agility, running, carrying, like. Because I love watching you play,
1: because it's like you get to do all the cool shit and none of the bad. Like you don't have to do much of the <laughs> yeah. like, really bad things. I think I make up for that in the preseason. It's um, our preseasons are pretty ruthless. They're, they're renowned for that, but um, you get looked after in the season more. Yeah, I reckon you sort of do what's specific to your position. But in preseason, it's um, you're doing it all, free for all. Yeah, mm. tackling the biggest blokes in the side. Um, they run as hard as as they can and. Um, probably get it worse off in pre-season you're doing mas and you're doing a bit further than the other blokes so um physical side of things yeah everyone's yeah it's sort of free for all and um the sort of aerobic side of things is they sort of split you up and do what you need to do to to be ready for the season
0: love it um biggest thing that we we love watching is obviously stator origin yet to make debut of reasons being there's a few different reasons is it on the cards this year
1: yeah I, i think so it's um, it's probably something I really wanted to play as a kid and sort of as I've come through the system now it's it's an awesome achievement to make it and everything but um, I just love footy with the storm like I just yeah. like, you know what I mean I feel really valued at the storm and um, I don't really feel any pressure to be playing in those those sides or anything so although it would be nice and although it's something I dreamt of as a kid it's, and it's a massive um, one of the Australia's biggest sort of sporting events um, I haven't really put too much thought into it but I think at the end of the day, it's the old cliche, you you play good footy, you sort of get picked in those sides anyway. So, um, they haven't really stressed too much about it, but um, it's a massive, massive occasion. And um, I remember, yeah, watching as a kid and and wanting to put that jersey on. So, um, yeah, hopefully this year, but not too much pressure on me. Love it. We'll
0: be (laughs) be there. Um, One of the reasons being, I think last year, what you missed was with the concussion. Yep. So, big knock last year that you spent 10 weeks yeah 10, 10 weeks, weeks on the yeah. sidelines like are you happy to talk us through that like what yeah. happened? How, how'd you feel yeah. how are you feeling since
1: um yeah it was pretty it was a pretty scary one i think um sort of got a concussion uh and symptoms just didn't get better for yeah nearly 10 weeks and um what were you what we've experiencing uh the first few weeks i was just i was just completely not myself like couldn't get out of bed um headaches sort of feeling sick like just all those sort of things mm. and Um, like real sensitivity to light and noise and um, I was pretty much just a shell of myself like you couldn't really talk to me without um, like I would just get real agitated and probably have a two-minute conversation and then just doze off and want to do my own thing so um, that was the first few weeks um, pretty scary Um, and then sort of after that I just thought like you have this thing in mind that it would just get better and um, you got to do nothing and it'll just get better but um, probably had the reverse effect on me to be honest I didn't do anything didn't do gym didn't run um, pretty much just sat in bed and got up for a walk and mm. um, that was literally all I did for eight weeks after that until we sort of met with some specialists and they said just get active work your heart rate up and um, we'll see where we go from there and it wasn't till the back end of the season that I started feeling a bit more better in uh, my body and um, like coming back from that and then we sort of figured out I had a few neck issues as well so although the sickness and feeling um, foggy had gone, I still had headaches from like a really tight neck and um, since then, it's probably been a bit of a blessing in disguise because I've done a lot more work now and um, we've got all these little apparatuses from the UFC and everything that we can mm. sort of work our neck on and um, yeah, it's been really good since so touch wood but um, yeah, it was pretty scary last year and obviously sort of missed origin and probably wasn't myself throughout um, the rest of the season so Um, yeah got to build some confidence back up this pre-season and uh, everything's been going well so far how hard is it with with like concussions and stuff you know i've spoken to so
0: many footy players about this too and you you sort of feel like not not embarrassed but you sort of feel it's not an injury where you can just put some tape on it like you can't when someone rocks up to the club and they're on crutches you know they're injured yeah but when someone's got like a concussion it's so hard you feel guilty nearly in a way because you're like oh like I'm here, I'm right, but I'm not.
1: Yeah, and you could probably tell that the first few weeks. like You could probably tell like if there was crutches for a head injury, you could probably just talk to me and figure it out. Yeah. Like, Whereas it was probably the following weeks after where like I'd be really good for half an hour and I'd be chatting, I'd be doing this yeah. and then I'd go back to my room and be like, oh, like, yeah, this isn't good. But everyone would see the me for that half an hour and go, he's all right. Like he's, yeah. he's good, but I really wasn't. So that was probably the hard one being like, I've got to stay in check. I've got to really look after my body here. I actually got to be honest and and say that I'm, when I go back to my room, I'm actually not feeling too good. Yeah. So that was probably the hardest part um, because, yeah, I could probably easily put it on and act on when I was out in public, but it was as soon as I got home or um, as soon as I wasn't doing anything that it hit me and be like, yeah, I'm just not myself. I'm not ready for this yet. Yeah. Well, it's good to yourself, mate, because it's
0: you can fall in those traps of like just trying to please people and, and do the right thing. But, yeah, when it's your head like, fuck, I look back now and you know, you just can't be risking it. Like no. it's a, it's a lifelong thing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and there's other yeah. more important things like 100%. golf and exactly. everything else that's, that's <laughs> happening. Um, cool. Let's just, just on that as well. Like you said the confidence, getting your confidence back and Angus Brayshaw was, was talking about this too. who's he, had a fair bit of stuff going with concussion and Patty McCartan. Was it getting back like the confidence, was it actually just getting back and getting into activities or did you do things like we we're talking before, like Emmett Murray with like mindfulness or, or um, you know, visualization? Did any of that sort of play a part in it?
1: Yeah, so that's sort of a lot of work I do now um, mm. and probably did in the pre-season, but at the time didn't do too much of. Um, like while I was going through it, like that was nearly too hard. Like that's sort of the of things, yeah, like, yeah. Like that'd give me a headache and then like literally sleeping would, fix everything oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was in a pretty dark place but um, yeah n- now that's a lot of work I do is um, yeah a lot of breathing um, yeah a lot of sort of visualization and and just sort of realizing that like I was probably unlucky last year like yep. you're gonna get little bits of luck throughout your career and you're gonna get unlucky sometimes and unfortunately last year was um, although it was an in head injury it was pretty bad luck so um, I just got to keep playing footy and if if unlucky things happen then they happen and I just got to deal with that so mm. That's probably more the mindset around it now and sort of just accepting it for what it is and um, yeah, just doing what I can to, to be confident for games. It.
0: You spoke about just that breathing and visualization then. Is there one... What's your favorite type
1: um, thing that you do? I do a lot of breathing in terms of... Box breathing and stuff or like a... Just like trying to regulate emotions. It sounds funny when you say you do a lot of breathing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, so do we all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like no, to think I breathe. I do <laughs> like a lot of... Um, In origin camp a few years ago, um, one of the guys come in and taught us, I think it might be a bit of Wim Hof stuff, but it's about the, like, if I'm too hyped up, six seconds in, pause, six seconds out, think of the color light blue. If I need to build a bit more energy, do the same thing, but think of the color red. And just a lot of those sort of things. So um, I've been sort of doing that when I need to regulate an emotion or get to that sort of point. But um, in the morning or... Uh, before i go to bed it's just that thing 6 seconds in 6 seconds out and i just find gradually you uh, like i remember when someone first taught me about it they said you'll start like thoughts in your head will go and you'll just start feeling different parts of your body and i thought this is ridiculous and i probably did it for a year before i realized like i'm probably only realizing it now that oh like when i actually do that i don't think about anything else i literally yeah. feel like tingles in my fingers and in my arms and um i feel like that's a level where i want to be at so I don't want to stop doing it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that sort of stuff ties in with um, just make sure you're not stressing 24-7. You sort of bring yourself back to a calmer state and um, yeah, that's sort of probably been my bigger focus in terms of the the breathing sense of um, things the past yeah 12 months. That's fucking, I've never heard of the, the
0: red and blue stuff before. But yeah. I, I remember once when I was playing footy, I kept doing like my calf all the time and the psych at the club, we did a, a similar thing, but he was saying the color white. So like when you have like injury, you sort of like uh, injury or there's a body like white, you know, promotes um, blood. So like light, like light promotes blood. So like if you've got like a cork or anything, like you just breathe into that spot and like feel like this light of white is just flushing through it it was really cool yeah yeah it's really right. cool wish i knew that i had yeah. so many
1: hammy problems when i was a kid yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i reckon so if they did they do those like little afl what do they do before a draft do they like scan your body and they do all yeah. of things yeah. so like, that's probably another thing i know we're pretty far past nah, that definitely yeah like if they scanned my body when i was coming through the draft in the nrl i would have just been kicked to the curb like my hammies were cooked really? it wasn't until i come down here and like our sprint coach is an olympic sprint coach and put me in like three, four months earlier and just said, we're doing this, 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 we're changing your style, we're doing this. And like touch wood, I haven't had any problems since. Mm. But like, yeah, it's crazy. Just, oh, so, it, no, <laughs> no, it is. No, you,
0: you're so right. Like there's, the, well,
1: if you scan anyone
0: though, everyone's got shit wrong with them. Mm. And I think it's, that's what i saying before about the whole difference of league and union, uh, league and um, AFL, sorry. Like there's so many different mod like ways of doing things and you could probably find benefits in both of them. Like I think yeah. that the thing that the AFL does really well just on top of the league is the, and, and you're doing it yourself already, is just like that support off-field has yep. been like, is really, really good. Mm. But um, yeah, the draft stuff's rattling. Like I don't think, until I moved to Sydney, I had no idea that, you know, there was no drafts, there was academy suppliers, you know, the whole like, you can leave one year out, even, you know, going back again, the E M. M. Yeah. So that, for example, a Brownlow medal, mm. that is judged at the end of the year and the votes are read out. No one knows where people are standing. But from chatting to Darcy and yourself, like that, is it right that that
1: is read yeah, so out to you explain it? It's, it's, it's so, so it's also picked a bit, like the AFL is by the umpires, correct? Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, so yeah. I think the NRL allocate, like, I think it's ex-players or um, media even, mm. people to sort of pick a 3 two, one after a game. And um, I think after round 12 or 13, it goes behind doors, behind so closed doors. up halfway through the year, you, you can know actually where you see them. the leaderboard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, um, yeah, pick differently and also you can sort of see it up until it's a certain point. That's right? crazy. Yeah, so you have people like sitting there like predicting who's going to get it. and How many points ahead are you at the moment? Uh, I think I'm 15 and the next 12, so, yeah, it's not much. Three, but, who's, who's mind you? Yeah. Um, don't care he's a loser hate him one of the isaiah yo plays for the panthers and mitch moses plays for the Eels. there you go yeah okay. <laughs> do like the The western yeah. sydney boy myself hey let's get into some off-field stuff mate,
0: because this is where your story gets unbelievably exciting firstly on the mindfulness chat as well golf <laughs> we could do a whole episode on this but oh, we we've could, been yeah. bonding over this for a while we haven't had a game yet um, I'm still just refining my swing pattern as I was showing you earlier in the <laughs> studio I'm just coming a yeah, little bit more a little bit more into out a little bit more wrist action coming right. over through the swing into out yeah into the- out to hit like because I've been coming over the top so I'm going a bit more into out to hit like to push it out right and then so bring you can it back draw it in. back so how's your game going at the moment when did this passion
1: start and how good are you First sort of exposure to it was with my dad when I was a kid and we just go play up at a golf course and um, didn't do much about it. And it was probably until I was 17 or 18 where when I was in Sydney, year 11 and 12, um, one of the golf courses around the area I sort of gave the young members, I think it was like 300 bucks to join this like grass course. It was hectic, it was so good. They paid you to join? No, 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 like you just paid 300 oh, wow. for 12 months. Unbelievable. Um, so we, me and a mate joined and we go up every free period and, and play golf. And um, that's where my first few lessons there. And then it wasn't until I moved down to Melbourne that I thought I'll take it a bit more seriously and then joined up at Q a a couple of years ago and obviously the COVID disruptions and everything didn't get to play there too often, but um, probably for eight or nine months now, I've been going hard at it and, and working really hard at my game and um, tried to keep the golf bug. I reckon that's one big thing is like you get the golf bug and you can have it for a little bit, but it only takes you a couple of bad rounds to lose it. Yeah. And I've sort of feel like I've been through that little patch now where I've... Had my bad rounds and now I'm just trying to actually make it a bit of a routine. It's and a habit. Yeah, it's a habit and um, something I really love. So um, my GA is ten point five at the moment. Wow. Um, so yeah, trying to work down to, to single figures and I've been there briefly, but I can't call myself a single figure handicapper yet with some of the scores that are in there. So <laughs> it's um it's a tough slog, but i like I just appreciate the game. I love the game and um, yeah, just just like you, really. It's. Yeah. It's a bit of a passion now.
0: It definitely is. There's a more green sponsorship partnership slash collaboration <laughs> coming soon as well for the vlog channels. Oh, We're gonna have to we get out and play a game. We um, love that. Favorite part of the, your game? What, what do you think is the best? Are you a big boy? You a big hitter or are you more finesse? Because I'm more of a finisher myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have the power, but you get me around.
1: That and like short game specialist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, that's so you can I mean. have the power,
0: mate. I can. Nah, uh,
1: but that's it though. Like, yeah. have you ever think of thing called strokes gained? No. Have you got into that yet? No. <laughs> I'll wait till you get that bug. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm telling you. It'll be a different game altogether. But yeah. um, no, nah, strength's probably... I probably do hit a long ball off the tee. Um, and then I've just tried to tempo my irons lately. So, they mm. don't go as long.
0: 70% swing?
1: 80%.
0: Mm. Oh, you're still in 80%. Okay. I'm still yeah. 80%. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm on 70%. we are learning from the same guy, yeah. <laughs> I think, as well. So, this
1: could be mixed signals here. Um, yeah. So, working on that short game. Pretty much every practice session I got, I'll just go chip and putt now. Yeah. So, um, speaking to a lot of people, they sort of said... To go from ten to four, which is the goal. Just, yeah, just your short game. It's all finishing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. just bump it around, put it up there. Yeah, get it close.
0: Don't three putt. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, Watch uh, it. This is weird. That I don't know. This is to make sure. But talk us through your, your iron set at the moment as well. What have you got? So I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know if you would
1: have heard of them before, but um, Tour Edge Exotics. Tour Edge Exotics. Tour Edge Exotics. So interesting story. My first set of clubs were Tour Edge Exotics. Okay. Um, just got them because they were cheap and. Yeah. Um, yeah whatnot. Um and then sort of bought a set of pings, didn't play for two years. And then I've got a partnership with Drummond now. Mm. Um and Drummond shout out to Ross Funning. Yeah, Ross wow, Funning, what he a champion. Swords, he what a great everyone <laughs> out there, <Ross> guy. <laughs> <laughs> if Absolute you don't play champion. golf in Melbourne, you don't know Ross Flanning no. you're, you're a nobody. So yep. shout out to him. Head My into, Love of Golf, his podcast as well. Oh, great podcast. Yep. Drummond Melbourne, yeah. Yep. City store. <laughs> Go <laughs> in and visit him. Um, <laughs> nah, so I I pretty much got a partnership with them and um, wanted to try blades. Yep. and which for those of,
0: listening is like a very thin golf yeah, line yeah. yeah so
1: there's there's not as much forgiveness however they're a bit lighter I really like the feel like and the challenge of really small sweet spots they're trying to hit it so went in there um just said to Ross like looking for blades what can we do he's like oh well Two is sort of Drummond's brand and mm-hmm. I was like oh no way that's my first set of clubs I ever had so he put me into them and um yeah, pretty happy with them, so no. that's that's what I've got. Uh, I've got a what have I got four down to pitching wedge, and then this is a real topical one. Yeah, what wedges do you carry? I go 60, 56, 50. 60, 56, 50, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So I'm 50, 60, 54, yeah, so yeah, I'm, quite similar. Same, there's same a two degree there. differential there. That's why we
0: that's why I hit 70 and you hit 80 because <laughs> there's all that little bit of a differential. Um, do you want to hear mine? <laughs> Talk to me. Okay. Did you just get a new set? Got a new set, Callaway. Shout out to Michael, Michael Gorn. <laughs> out there at Callaway. We love <laughs> Callaway on this show. Um, for, I've got a 60, 56, 50. The Jaws Callaway irons, beautiful. Yep. And then I've got a four iron to pitching wedge, but my four iron is a driving iron. Me too. The, the, yeah, yeah. The black shaft. Oh, it's the best. Yep, it's honestly it. the best <laughs> in the world. Then I've got a five or three wheel driver. Anyway, let's get off that because it's um it's getting there, but we will get you... Save it for more greens. Yeah, we'll save for more greens and we'll get out there and, and have a game very, very soon down at our local Latrobe. That's it. Which is the Shout best out. course in Australia. <laughs> um, business-wise, mate, Dead Diamond Society, NFT. So firstly, crypto. You're massively into. this. I love my crypto. I'm not really like as well-versed in the NFT space, mm-hmm. but I've always been a really big fan of cryptocurrency. Like
1: wh- how did you get involved with that and what is Dead Diamond Society? Um, so yeah, it's the cryptocurrency sort of probably started um, through a couple of the guys at the club and um, a couple of guys I sort of respect and um would sort of take feedback on or um yeah sort of look at them as mentors and they sort of dabbled in it and um to be fair like I know a little bit but I still got so much to learn from it mm. and that's sort of why I got into it was to sort of learn and have a little bit here and there and see what happens with it but not be too connected to it. Um but the whole NFT thing come about, Dead Diamond Society was through um so we got a business called Four Point Collectibles yes. and um we do sort of sports cards, memorabilia and um, of things around pop culture and um just things like that so
0: just like collectibles (laughs) like as in like baseball basketball cards like footy cards anything you want yeah and for yeah like obviously you're in that space you know how um lucrative it is but this is crazy there's the biggest niche in this if you're into like collectibles it's like you'll do live drops of like cards like picking
1: them out and people watching it yeah so we like that's probably like when i speak about i play my best footy when i'm occupied and and doing other things off field throughout the bubble two years ago was when the card market boomed like Mm. it was Gary V Gary V everything he says turns to gold um yeah so we sort of started our business through COVID pretty much traveled with all these boxes on the road and um we was up at Twin Waters and excuse me um we pretty much had these boxes and we'd all huddle into one room at one night and go on a live and 200 people be tuning in Mm. just for us to break cards from and um it started there um and then we sort of threw one of the guys it's just a few of the storm boys it's there's four of us and um we sort of just did that um card markets died down a little bit since then so uh, we moved into the nft space with four other companies and um one's a tech company one's a merchandise company and the other is an events company so Mm -hmm. It was just four businesses that we thought would really work to provide utility for an NFT. And and my first exposure to NFT was, it's just artwork. Like people are just buying artwork. And I wasn't too into it until I sort of dived in and sort of saw what you could do with it. And um, that's what we did. We created Dead Diamond Society through these four businesses. And um, we thought, what better way to do it to get people into an NFT by pretty much having it like an index fund for an NFT. So um, no one's going to be able to afford a board Ape. I don't know if you've heard of a board Ape. And and give us an indication
0: of how much that would be,
1: like Uh, how much Ethereum. A hundred ETH. hundred ETH, which would be like 300 grand. Yeah, 400K nearly. So no one's going to go out and buy one of them, um, unless you're Cameron Munster and got lots of money. (laughs) 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 But um, no, like we thought if we buy a handful of blue chip NFTs um, and offer utility through our four businesses, Let's have that as people's first exposure to an NFT. So we sold out in 11 minutes. Wow. Um, pretty many? crazy. 2,000? 2,000 NFTs. Um, they were 0.15 ETH each to mint. So I think we ended up dragging in about 2 mil in about 11 minutes. So. <laughs> <That's> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So one and a half ETH is
0: at like $1,500 each.
1: So 0.15 would have been maybe. 500, 600 bucks, okay. US. Yep, so US. So yeah, thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we sort of did that, and um, it's crazy because there's so many projects out there that like, like we sold out in eleven minutes. Like we knew what we were doing, and we knew sort of Holy we had shit. this and what utility we're offering. But there's projects that go out there and don't know what they're doing. So like, there's this thing called a rug pull where people make a project, it's a fake project, they just take the two million run, mm. and we were like, well we're not doing that. Like that's, we pretty much got into this to teach people about NFTs and and try to be a good good influence on like the Australian market. And um, so we've done that and been going really good since. Um, We got valued the other day um, at 1.4 mil. So it's, it's pretty insane, sort of where we're at, um, and that's without offering the utility we've done. So we'll do like meetups after the Magic Ground in a few weeks, yeah. and um, with those
0: NFTs sorry, as well. Are you? Is it? Are you offering just the artwork, or is it an experience as well? Or so like... each each
1: skull, yeah, is is the artwork, um, is zero point zero four percent. So the more you own, um, eventually down the track, we want to be able to um, offer dividends to. Skull holders. Yep. So the whole purpose of this NFT was—it's called a DAO, which yep. means, um, simple terms, everyone has a vote on what you do. Yep. So however many skulls you own, whatever our next action is, we'll put a poll up and Even you vote. We'll say, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So like the people sort of decide what we're doing, what we want to do with the money, if we want to sell an NFT, uh, if we want to invest in something else, and it's just a cool little community it's where we cool. we do that. So, um, and on top of that, like the our group who we partner with, and they they. They've got Sha- Shaquille O'Neal coming down yep. and um, like there's meet and greets for that. There's all different things for um, utilities within inside the NFT. So apart from owning a share in a board Ape and said Run Horses and um, Land in the Sandbox in the Metaverse and all that sort of thing, there's also this per- like physical utility that yeah. comes with it. So, yeah, I
0: love the experience part of it yeah. too and
1: that's where we want to do something here like
0: you know when we were about, we'd never just push something out that we're not like 100 yep. percent confident mm-hmm. in and, and as i said it's all about community but i would want to make it more about the experience piece as well like, obviously the artwork but then like you know being a part like coming on on the show or yep. you know like do it designing your own bit of merch like shit like that like that you can actually like get a community around yeah
1: and that's that was sort of a lot of the angle like we probably thought for 12 months of making nft but nothing ever like we just didn't think anything would ever like nothing really stood out yeah. whereas this once like four other companies come around yeah, us and we're so like cool. "Well, we've got something we can really do here and we can offer this 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 we can buy this 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 um, and it was like let's do it so our whole mention the whole way through was um, under promise over deliver yeah love that and I it's think my that's way to go forward yeah that's <laughs> my, my last motto honestly love that
0: um, <laughs> it's one really cool argument on the, the whole NFT space as well that I love and it probably doesn't relate as much to dead diamonds well it actually it does but you know how people say like oh mm it's an NFT like I could just print that off and put it in my my lounge room. It's like, yes, you could do that. You could actually do that with the Mona Lisa as well and put like the Mona Lisa in your house. Mm -hmm. But where NFTs are different, and I'm telling you this, you already know this, it's more speaking to everyone else that is arguing. It's where everyone else doesn't get it. There's actually like a blockchain where you can actually see who the owner is of that piece of artwork. Where with paintings, like there could be fake paintings all over the world. You don't know who actually owns that. Like there's nowhere it is. So, by their argument of saying you could do that, you're actually can of acting their own argument and fucking it up, which is actually
1: Literally. quite interesting. Yeah, you know it on the head. It's like, there's actually a place that you can go check it. So like- You know who's got, yeah, it. You know you who's know, got it. Yeah, you know who's got it. And I think social media now as well, um, because you could have easily made it your profile picture before, um, mm. but now there's like a verification process you have to go through. And yeah, right. Um, if it's not yours it'll become come up blurry and all that sort of thing is that
0: right yeah, yeah. so what's up through Instagram and stuff Twitter or?
1: mainly yeah I think Instagram is still working through it um, but yeah, Twitter, Twitter was on the front foot pretty early that's interesting the, yeah yeah
0: fuck so they're really like if, if you weren't sold on crypto now like you really need to get over that because it's <laughs> like it's unfortunately it is going to be here to stay like yeah. it's 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 seriously there which is cool I need to really upskill myself on that hey what's
1: um what's next for you man you're doing so much I'm excited um, for it. Besides yeah more, green, <laughs> more greens obviously yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I've obviously got a lot on my plate at the moment um, and really sort of happy with the way things are going, but um, probably want to do more things for myself. Like I'm obviously looking for a house at the moment, mm. a bit of property. I sort of want to get into that market. Melbourne? Melbourne, um, Where do you just like sort of get something. you like giving
0: the address away? Like is there any areas <laughs> you're keen oh, on?
1: Uh, the three one two one. it's hard to go by. Oh, you like the Richmond? Love Richmond, yeah. love Richmond. Um, pretty simple guy. So like just a little apartment or something. Yep um look down bayside but i just like being close to training so that's sort of
0: no, you can come north side if you want you can fit in over north side
1: no bayside
0: no i'm saying you could fit in north side. oh where's north side north side north oh really yeah
1: yeah, yeah no i'm nah, not really that vibe no i'm eh? <laughs> <come on, man. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> nah, more around here so, yeah, that's oh, sort of oh, so you want to be like everyone else yeah <laughs> that's cool actually if you want to do that yeah, that's actually sick. material girl yeah. Like, cool. yeah that's me um yeah so that's <laughs> sort of my next sort of step um just working through that and i just want to make smart decisions and i think sort of everything revolves around like a life after footy and, and yep. being really comfortable and, and doing what i want to be able to do so um yeah, everything sort of systems go at the moment but um yeah looking forward i'd like to have a few more um properties and um successful businesses and be able to play golf every morning that'd be ideal i love that we've missed about 60 businesses which is obviously <laughs> crazy but we're gonna have to do a part two
0: episode mate I'd love to have you as a part of the community loved having you in finally day to meet in person but um, yeah just love everything you're doing love the way you go about it you're a fucking just a go-getter which is is cool I love it respect it and um, look forward to a long long life of friendship between you and I beautiful be plenty of games of golf there. plenty of games sure. of golf uh, thanks still appreciate appreciate that. it brother good fun thank you thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast if you liked the show it'd be a massive help if you could like follow rate leave a review or even share with your friends